as I moved up and on in my career, it would take me less and less time in each of my roles to realize, yes, I'm still not happy. This still, like, why is this not giving me that same spark as it used to? Welcome back to Passionate Pursuits, powered by Quirns Coaching, LLC. I'm your host, Bridget Quirns. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, I would love for you to run on over to my website, quernscoaching.com, and check out the freebie that I have posted for you. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page, enter your information, and grab your own free Visualizing Your Potential workbook. Please share with me how this resource helps you. I can't wait to hear from you. And enjoy our show today. It is my pleasure to welcome Zaina Kronfel to the show today. Zaina is an ICF certified career transitions coach and consultant with over 12 years of experience in international marketing, branding, and project management. Despite her accomplishments in the corporate world, Zaina felt stifled and unfulfilled. In search of fulfillment, she fell into coaching and now helps others find their purpose. Welcome to the podcast, Zaina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here. I'm curious from the position of a fellow coach, what is it specifically about career transitions that drew you into your line of coaching? Yeah, so great question. So I I fell into this, I mean, I identified this niche and I just knew this is where I had to go, um, at least start with my practice because my whole, you know, profession and trajectory I needed to have a coach specifically to focus on transitions, right? Because I I knew early on what I didn't want as far as, you know, where I wanted to be. Um, it was pretty easy to identify that. However, it was pretty challenging to figure out what I did want instead. And I thought this was really strange for me because I've always been very ambitious just from a young age. I kind of knew what I wanted and I would go after it. And I never struggled with that. But once I entered the corporate world, I mean, I knew I loved what I was doing. I was in in marketing and advertising, but it just didn't feel like this was ultimately where I would end up. And trying to find someone to speak to about that at the time just didn't exist. I mean, you spoke to, at least from my experience, you spoke to a therapist um, about you know, a plethora of things, which typically ended up being traumas and things like that. But I I wanted to reserve any of those conversations to very kind of private, personal things. If I was to speak with a therapist, the career part was the one area, unless there was some sort of, you know, conflict that I needed to work through. It was the one area that I figured I, I could talk to someone else about. I just didn't have that, that person to speak to. Um, so it really came from just kind of being on this hamster wheel for years and continuously falling into different jobs because I knew I could do it, but not because it's what I wanted to be doing. And it, you know, just didn't light me up anymore. So then you entered this process of trying to find someone who could help you do that for yourself. What ultimately did help you? Did you find someone Um, so I, the old, the closest thing I could get, so there was, you know, therapy, which didn't really seem to be the right match, um, to discuss this with. And the closest I could get was 
speaking with different recruiters because um, recruiters would approach me all the time for different job opportunities. So I started trying to see, you know, maybe I was meant to be a recruiter, but that kind of didn't really feel like it was where I ultimately wanted to land either. Um, I got really lucky. I happened to connect with a recruiter at one point and she also happened to be a coach. And so she had recommended going to look into coaching and I'd never even heard of coaching. So while I was in still my corporate job, I started getting educated. I started getting my certifications and dabbling to see if this is something I, I truly wanted to explore. It wasn't really a, a huge risk for me to explore it because I was, you know, personally benefiting professionally. It made a huge difference. And I had wanted initially to be able to take that to my existing role and company um, if if it was feasible in my situation, it didn't end up panning out, but that's kind of what I, what I wanted to do with it. And I, I mean, if you were to ask me, you know, what are your regrets or what would you have done different? I would have absolutely worked with a coach sooner on. I mean, I didn't, I, I just kept telling myself or thinking just being like a very individually motivated person, like, oh, you can do, you can, you'll figure it out. Like you don't need anyone's help. Like I never have been a kind of person to ask for help. Just always, you can figure it out. But I mean, six years, 10 years, 12 years, I still, maybe I kind of moved the needle a little bit, but in hindsight, I could have had those much greater movements so much quicker had I worked with someone like a coach. Yeah. In coaching, will say, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So really, do you think that you would have even known to find a coach without knowing about coaching? Yeah. 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 yeah I, and I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I started realizing, and this was just kind of a connection between in my personal life too, was I just kept you know, falling in the same patterns, doing the same things over and over again. And I came to realize around the same time that all I've done my entire life was making external changes. So I switched different jobs thinking that, oh, I just, you know, I don't need to work with a coach because it's just my job that that I don't like. So I'm going to go on, a, you know, work for this different company that's more aligned. And I kept getting closer and closer to what really, really made sense for me. And finally, I was at, you know, the peak of my career, traveling the world, doing what I loved, supporting a company and a mission that I really felt strongly for, but I was still miserable. And it was kind of at that point where I realized, okay, this is what I, what I thought I should be doing. I've done, made all of these external adjustments, but I'm starting to realize that it's, I'm the problem. Like there's something going on with me that I have to, I can't just continuously, you know, move states and change jobs because it's, I mean, is it giving me results? Potentially, yes. But as I moved up and on in my career, it would take me less and less time in each of my roles to realize, yes, I'm still not happy. This still, like, why is this not giving me that same spark as it used to, you know, and every now and then you kind of get that spark again. And that's what kind of keeps you stuck on that hamster wheel. Um, but I just started, instead of doing all those external changes um, with short lived results, I started just doing personal work, looking within. And that's really when 
I started seeing movement and getting more traction. And that's exactly what you do when you're working with a coach. So it's been such a beautiful experience, not only, you know, going through training and and learning different models and modalities and, and systems that we use in coaching, but by going through that, I've also really healed myself and been able to move the needle. So it's so amazing to now be able to help other people in that same capacity that I needed to be helped years ago. Mm. Do you ever have anyone who enters your space making, looking to make those internal changes, finds a piece that was missing and then decides to stay where they are and not make the transition? I have, I'm trying to think of a specific example so I can speak to it. Um, Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely people who have the awareness of, you know, I keep doing the same thing. I keep getting on the same, you know, hamster wheel, if you will. And, and they, they do have that awareness, you know, we'll talk about it. Sometimes they're even laughing about it, but you know, as a coach, you can just support your, your client. I meet my clients where they're at. So even though I want to tell them like, no, don't do it. You know, there's, there's something better for you. Just trust, like trust the process, surrender to the process. You're so close. Um, but you know, you, you just have to kind of let the clients figure it out themselves. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of like that with anything in life, right? A lot of times people, um, you know, they get advice from friends or colleagues but it's not until they really experience it that they kind of have that aha moment or they've kind of, you know, burned themselves, run into the fire so many times that they just get sick of going through the same thing over and over again. So it's ultimately, I mean, from my own experience, I just got tired of my own shit, to be honest. Like I was just, I can't do this anymore. I keep getting the same results. Yes, it it's not comfortable to pivot and do something different, but I would rather experiment with that because I already know what's going to happen if I continue down this path of, you know, going down these same patterns, doing the same things. Like that's been a tried and true exercise at this point. So why don't we do something different? Because the worst thing that could happen is that I'm in the same space. The best thing that will happen is that I actually am closer to the results that I want. So long answer to your question. Yes, I have seen clients who you know, are just don't want to change. And, and, you know, that's, that's where they're at right now. It doesn't mean that they may not change in the future, just at this point in time, they may not be ready. And you, you truly have to be ready to make those changes. And I will say sometimes they may not be ready to make the full leap, but it's also baby steps too. Right. So when I'm working with clients, a lot of times it's, it's an onion layer. So say we're working Um, I mean, even though I I do career coaching, I focus on my client as a whole. So it's not uncommon that, you know, interpersonal relationships would come up like with a partner or with friends or things like that, because we repeat these, these patterns and show up, um, in different environments or different areas in our lives. Um, it's the same underlying pattern or root, you know, limiting beliefs, but sometimes it just shows up differently. So, a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll make a lot of movement and then they kind of reach the point where they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've made enough traction. Let me sit with this and, you know, we'll revisit if I'm more comfortable with moving the needle or we've done enough. I want to kind of play in the space 
get comfortable and then I'll be ready to like reassess and make those, those next steps. I was thinking, I notice these people in my life and there are only a handful of them truly, but who seem to have it figured out from their first step as a baby. They're like, "Mm, I took that first step and I was like, I wanted to be a teacher for the rest of my life. And then they go do it and they're totally fulfilled and they love it and they're perfectly cut out for it. And I'm scratching my head going, what must that be like? I mean, are they, are they really truly happy? Because I project some of my experience on them, which is it took me so many tries to figure out what I'm cut out for and what my calling is in life. Hey, I'm almost 40. I finally got there. But what is it with people who just seem to know and they're so clear cut and they go for it and they're totally fulfilled and happy with that? What, what is the secret sauce there? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, I mean, a lot of it has to do with what was imprinted on us as children. So there's a lot of studies and research on, you know, when you're the most impressionable, which tends to be from when you were born. I mean, you pick up a lot of things in the womb as well, but from when you were born to say, you know, seven, eight years old, and then there's another window after that. But when you're, what you're picking up in your environment which is either, you know, verbal, um, energetically, what, what is given to you and modeled to you either consciously or subconsciously by caretakers, the environment that you're in, all of these things mold who we are. So say you are a super creative person and you loved the arts, um, growing up. And, and this is like a really interesting example because a lot of school programs, for instance, have traditionally cut arts programs. So these these children who really have this desire to go into the arts in whatever capacity, music or drawing and design and all those things are told even by society, you know, this is not a sufficient career like not career, but you know, this is not a, this is what you can do as a, as an adult as, or as a child as uh, for fun, but this is not like an adult job. You're not going to make any money. You're told, you know, the starving artist, and, and a lot of this stuff is, is not to shame the child, but it's just as a protective mechanism that our caretakers or parents will put on you um, or project on you because they want the best for you. Um, and that's a lot of that's also operating Um, from their own insecurities you know maybe they wanted to do the same and maybe they did go down that path and it didn't end well and they didn't get supported so a lot of it comes down to that is your environment and all of these things which is 100% out of your control but it's a matter of as adults do you internalize that um, or do you have awareness of it and you start working through it because If, for instance, you were someone that was told you can never do these things um, and it doesn't even have to be in a dramatic fashion, you know, as as children, we pick up everything. We're so sensitive. We're we're just like a sponge and we pick up everything in our environment and everything is very black and white. Yes or no. Like I am good. I am bad. There's no, no in between. So you could have picked up something just super tiny in school or in whatever capacity that made you feel if I'm an artist, I should be ashamed or I won't make money or whatever that belief is. So that will continue to play out. That belief that you have will continue to play out if you have not 
worked on it or had the awareness of, hey, this is kind of a an issue. Um, in in a lot of the work we do, we call it like shadow work. This is something that is running around in, in the background of your subconscious. So unless you identify that and work through it, you will probably continue to avoid that path, even though you really, really like that's what you want to be doing. That's what you're meant to be doing. So a lot of the work that I'll do, it's really nice to take a holistic approach to it. And quite honestly, I feel like you have to take a holistic approach to see what was picked up, what needs to be worked through in order to kind of clear that out and unload that baggage in order for you to start moving forward into the space that you are, you know, you really came on this earth to be doing. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the shadow work and, you know, an inner child work and really digging into what's going on beneath the layers. And I I often say it's so much easier for us, you know, because deep, deep, deep down, we know what we're called to. We know what brings us joy. We know what lights us up. It's so much easier to follow a shadow of that than it is to follow the actual calling. Because like I'll say, if I, you know, if I wanted to be an artist, a full-fledged artist who was painting huge murals and, and that was my whole work, but I was afraid of, I may not, you know, the ego speaking, I may not make money doing that. Um, people might judge me. I might not be taken seriously, whatever the thoughts are around that. Well, I could pursue a shadow of that where I'm, you know, maybe working for like a a large card company and designing greeting cards, you know, where I'm still getting to be an artist to a certain extent, but it's like a more acceptable version of that. And I see that so often people who really, really know deep down in their core, but are almost too afraid to admit that they know. So they'll say they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. And I mean, even that, at least that's a step in the right direction, right? Because there's some people who I feel like that's, you know, moving toward what you want, but there's some people who aren't even there, you know, they're an artist, Mm -hmm. but they're in a financial, you know, they work for a financial company or I've seen this a lot. For instance, people who are immigrants or children of immigrant parents, like I'm a child of immigrant parents. And in this space, there's a lot of people you're kind of imprinted or told, or it's just that societal, you need to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, one of these very prestigious, you went to, meaning that you had a, you were highly educated, you're highly qualified You've worked your ass off to get to where you are, and now you're making all this money. And a lot of times these people will have that same, you know, they're like, okay, well, I have all, you know, I have the money and I have the the lifestyle and all of these things, but that doesn't equate happiness. And that's across the board, regardless of who you are and where you came from. But that's another, an added layer that's, that's very interesting is, you know, there's the society and also if you came into this particular society, so for instance, you immigrated to America, there's also added layers of shame and fear. And, you know, what are people going to think? Because yes, if you grew up in America, there's also, there's already that, well, what are people going to think if you're an artist, but then there's additional layers. If you came, you know, if your parents 
dropped everything, left everything they knew to come here. It's like, what, how dare you do that? We've done everything to create this life for you. And now you just want to be an artist or you want to be something that's traditionally, it, it's just not that level of understanding. It's kind of that old school way of thinking of work is meant to be work. It's not meant to be enjoyed. It's just part of adulting and you do what you have to do do to get by. And that was when, you know, we didn't have all these, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have different ways to communicate with each other. And now the more that we see to believe that other professions, other ways of working are possible, the more people are less willing to sacrifice their mental health, their their sanity, all of these things in order to go back to these kind of, I don't want to say archaic, but becoming more archaic ways of thinking. And COVID is a perfect example of that, of people, you know, always thinking, you know, you have to go into an office nine to five if you're in corporate world. That's just how things are. But for a lot of companies, it doesn't even need to be that way. Like there's absolutely no reason for a lot of these companies that are very digital um, based in their work. You don't have to be in, in the office. So why are we you know, continuing that narrative and continuing those requirements and not innovating from there. So yeah, it's it's really interesting how how things have progressed in that matter for sure. That's such an interesting point you brought up about that shakeup that came with COVID. And I personally really loved it. <laughs> I loved the yeah like being forced into introspection and into really examining the ways that we have accepted that don't fit anymore. Something really energetically charged happened. And I thought it was, I thought it was really wonderful. And I know that, you know, I'm not discounting or downplaying the terrible experiences people had with what happened, but there was an invitation to something higher and something deeper as well that came through that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I I just feel like this with, with life in general or people's personal lives, sometimes it takes a dramatic, like a a rock bottom, a huge shakeup in order for things to change. And I mean, what does that say about us as society that we had to go through this in order to start kind of waking up and thinking, you know, why are we doing things like this? Why don't we do things differently? And it's, it's super interesting to see, you know, how people are reacting to that. Cause some people, I mean, a lot of people just don't like change in general. They, it makes them uncomfortable. Um, It brings up all of their, you know, all of the things that they've picked up over the years, scarcity mindset, just all sorts of different fears and anxieties. So it's, it's very interesting um, and it will be continuously interesting to watch it play out in in the corporate space and just other areas of our lives. You know, the people who are willing to accept this and start doing kind of that inner work and understanding, you know, I can't play the role of the victim. I I have a part to play in everything, every single situation that comes into my experience. I play a part in that. And once you start understanding that and realizing that you're able to kind of move through things a little bit quicker. Yeah. I think there's a great divine connection that comes when we recognize our role as a co-creator and not just as a background character. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are, you are the one who's in control of your life. And granted, there's absolutely times where you, you don't feel like that, but overall, you know, even looking at different um, situations that, that come up in your life, whether it's a breakup with a partner, whether it's an unexpected loss of a job. Um, I mean, in the moment, yeah, it's really hard to see that, but a lot of my times, especially when we're working on career things with clients, um, I mean, I've even brought this up with friends. I always tell them when you feel rejected from something, it's because you are either being protected or you're being redirected into something greater. And it may help something in the moment for a lot of people, you know, they may not understand that, but then it's, it's, I just tell them, make note of what happened right now, um, how you feel, all the emotions, and then check in three months, six months. It's it's going to be a longer time span, but it's so amazing to see for people to go and look back at, wow, this, what I thought my world ended when I lost this job or whatever, actually, you know, maybe it was two years down the road. That was what I needed in order to shift directions and go into, you know, start my own business or go to a different company. Like it's, it's all about that intuition. I know you were talking about intuition earlier. We tend to, in America, it's so easy to drown that out. We are basically trained to drown out our intuition, even as children, you know, we know what we want, but we're told, oh no, you're, you're being dramatic or you already ate your, whatever it is. We're, we're not told to trust our intuition. Like other cultures are, are still being taught that. And when you're not listening to your intuition or you don't trust it, you're putting it on other people. You, you ask other people, well, I just want you to tell me what to do when they, they can, can't possibly give you that advice, especially on like, well, what should I do with my career? They can't possibly give you that advice because only, you know, literally everything that's going on in your life. You are the, like you said, the creator, you're the one who has all of that knowledge. It's just a matter of kind of unlocking it or having someone kind of play around with it and play things back to you, reframing things and helping you see and pull out what's already there. That's the, you know the whole premise of of coaching is that you are the expert. It's just a matter of having someone actually hold the space and allow you to dump everything out and kind of pick through it and highlight different things. Which it, you know for the most part in society we're just inundated with other people's thoughts and opinions, and we tend to become pretty much reliant on that. We trust other people's thoughts and opinions because we think, oh, well, this person's really successful or they make a lot of money or they have X, Y, and Z, which I want. So surely like I have to do everything that they do because that's how I'm going to get to where I want to be. But everyone's experience, everyone's everything is so different. Even if someone gives you, you know, their exact formula, we're such different people that what worked and made someone highly successful may not make you highly successful because you're a very different person and how you approach things and think of things and act on things is, is extremely different. So that's why it's super important that a lot of this work is individualized and you're, you know, able to focus on how you operate. And you will only know that once you start kind of sitting and being aware of that and accessing your intuition. Yeah. So in that 
line of thought, how can someone really recognize for themselves when it is time to make a change? So a lot of times people, when we start talking about it, they, I mean, they know they, and they, and they've typically known for a while, but they, like I was saying earlier, you know, they, they kind of have that intuition of, oh, I don't really like this anymore. So they get an idea of what they want to start doing and they'll act on it. So for instance, oh, I don't, I'm not happy at this job. What? And they kind of think of like, why am I not happy? Oh, it's because my pay isn't high enough. So I'm going to go to a company that's going to pay me more. So then they go to that company and they realize, okay, I'm getting paid more, but I'm actually twice as miserable because this job, you know, I, I actually hate this work. So a lot of it initially is a little bit of trial and error, but usually when people come to me, they've done a lot of that experimentation and trial and error on their own. And it's typically all external work because many people don't have the realization or awareness that it's actually the inner work that's going to help you kind of start ask, accessing that intuition. Um, so really it's just, I mean, for the most part, people just know, you know, they, they have that intuition regardless of whether they've listened to that intuition or not. Um, but the best way to start actually accessing it and sitting with it is to be more mindful of it and see when you do have this intuition, how are you responding to it? Because a lot of times when people start having these thoughts of, okay, my boyfriend, for instance, is continuously like upsetting me, makes me feel terrible. They start having these thoughts of, this is not my person. They don't really want to sit with it because they maybe love this person and they've created a life with this person. And maybe they just moved in together and it's hard to sit with the thoughts of, all of the negative because they know if they focus on that, then they have to take action on it. Right. So it's really, everyone kind of knows, but it's a matter of what is next. How long are you going to allow yourself to be in the situation? Um, and what is it going to take for you to exit or do something differently? And, and to really trust that because a lot of times, regardless of whether it's in corporate or in our personal lives, we know what we need to do. It's just the fear of taking that action because it's, you know, in this example, like, okay, I have to leave my partner. We just signed a, a new lease together. So that's going to mean that one of us is going to have to move out and, you know, just like all of, like assessing all of the things that come with it. And then a lot of times we end up dragging in situations, whether it's a job or relationship, whatever it is, we end up dragging it out longer than needed because we're operating out of fear, you know, we, we keep ourselves small and we just end up spending and, and wasting that time that could have been reallocated to living a better, a better life with a more aligned partner or in a more aligned job. You know, I think people definitely have to do things on their own time. And when they're ready, that's, that's very important. You can't speed up the process, unfortunately, but time is the one thing that you don't get back, you know? So if you were to think of it, a lot of times I'll, I'll pose a question to my clients of, and what, you know, if you could picture yourself six months down the road, five years down the road, and you didn't make any changes, what would your life look like? And then kind of seeing that reality of, wow, I'd still be in the same place. And I would have wasted all that time and life is so short. Like, yeah, actually I am more motivated to make a, to make a change when, when you kind of position it 
that way. Yeah, I was I was just thinking all change is hard. Good change, bad change, change we're forced into, change we choose. It's all going to be hard to a certain extent. So how can I know when I'm making the right change? Like I know a change is needed. I've come to that realization. Now what? Yeah. I I don't like to think of it as as right or wrong. I think a good way because right or wrong kind of I feel like when you when you think of it as is this the right move? Is this, you know, is this what's going to happen? You end up kind of staying in that indecision, right? You're you're afraid to make the leap because you're waiting for the perfect situation, the perfect timing. And that perfect timing is is never going to happen, you know? Or maybe there was a perfect timing and you were just just too slow to make that move and you missed that opportunity. Um regardless, there's never there's never going to be that perfect time. So it's it's a matter of taking, it doesn't have to be, you know, leaps and bounds, but just taking small steps to get you closer because there's really, I always tell clients, and this is kind of common, I think in the coaching world, that there's not any failure. It's just feedback. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of operate under, under this premise as well. Right. So you have to constantly be learning and experimenting because nothing is going to be a wrong action. It's just something that's giving you feedback and teaching you something that will redirect you or give you more insight of, okay, I tried that. I thought I would hate it. I actually really liked it. Or, you know, I thought I wasn't really going to like this that much. Now I'm confirmed. So I can cross that off the list and go in a different direction. So, you know, I try to say there's no right or wrong in that. It's just a matter of experimentation and modification in order to inform your next step and and continuously trying to make those little changes. Because I think when we're embarking on change and we know we want to make a big change, we always see, you know, the top of the mountain and we tend to forget, you know, how many steps it takes to get there. And so if we're not immediately at the top of the mountain where all of our you know, our inspiration and and our idols are like, they've already kind of seemingly arrived, then we get disappointed and we get disheartened and we don't even take action because we don't realize that there's so many steps along the way. And then even when you are taking those baby steps, it's also important to know, you know, to look back from there because maybe you're midway through the mountain and you're like, oh gosh, I'm still not there yet. But also take a look back at how far you've come. I, I did an exercise um, for myself and had shared it with some of my clients of doing, you know, a year in review, regardless of whether it's on new year's or not, but to continuously do that, especially when you're going through these big changes, because they'll realize, um, even a few months after us working together, um, you know, what, how much they've changed either as a person, how much action they have taken toward the goal that they had set, um, in the beginning of our sessions. Like I have a a call later today with a client. Um, and I'm really excited to see, you know, how far she's come and, and do that same exercise with her. Um, you know, in case she's thinking, you know, what, what is, what traction have I had? I mean, I know she's already able to see it, which is really exciting. Um, but it, it's good. It's a good reminder for people who are very goal oriented to remember, Hey, you didn't, you know, take a look at where you're at right now. I know maybe you're not at your end goal yet, but you're, you know, your finish line, a lot of times our finish lines 
it's not just a finish line. It's not just finishing, you know, the race, like it's a constantly moving goal. So you have to always be able to look back at how far you've come, even the tiniest little things. Maybe it was just reaching out and connecting with people. You know, it doesn't have to mean that something in that moment came out of that. But when you're able to reflect on that, maybe you reached out to someone, um, you know, in January and then in August, something came of it. Someone remembered you and they reached back out and then, you know, an amazing opportunity came from that. So being able to to look at, you know, relationships that you've cultivated or or any little steps like that um, is super, super important. Speaking of tools like that year in review, what other kinds of tools have been helpful for you in navigating even just your personal search for fulfillment? Yeah, um, I do a lot of inner child work. I do that a lot of myself. That's That's been super, super helpful. And then also with clients, um, it's it's really interesting that the tools that I've found really valuable, I, I always bring into my practice as well. The ones that I, that I regularly use on myself. Um, a lot of times people will come in sometimes with a little bit of conflict, especially with their interpersonal relationships, or if they've maybe, uh, left a job, um, situation or environment, not on kind of their, the best terms or left unexpectedly, there's different kind of ways that we can review that conflict to kind of release them of some of that resentment. Um, I'm trained in NLP as well. I'm a trainer of NLP. So I'll use a lot of techniques with that as well. Some of it in NLP is neuro-linguistic programming, kind of the way that your mind, um, your subconscious and your mind work together and how you speak to yourself, which ends up creating your reality, kind of that programming that's looping in the background is, is your subconscious and is how you show up in the world and, and the actions that you, that you take or you don't take or kind of how you, you see yourself and what you project on others. So we'll do, there's different techniques with there, um, with that, that involves either inner child work. Um, I'm trained in something that's called quantum time technique, which is also known as kind of like a timeline therapy, taking people back to, you know, significant emotional events where maybe some of these limiting beliefs uh, started coming into play and, and kind of eliminating those in order for the, my clients to move forward in their lives and, and attack their goals and also different, you know, hypnosis modalities. I mean, there's a lot of different tools that we can, we can throw at whatever the clients are going through. And it's, it's also their level of, of willingness and, and readiness to let go because sometimes, you know, there may be a great tool for it. Um, to help them get rid of this, for instance, limiting belief. But if in that moment, their their subconscious mind is not ready to release it, then, you know, we wait until maybe they are ready. Maybe they won't be ready. And that's, that's all of that's fine. It's totally on the client because that the timing is really the most important because you have to ultimately do the work in order to get results. So if you're not ready or not willing you know, coaching is always going to be there. We'll always be there to to help and support you. And there's other ways and capacities that we can offer support and guidance. Um, but that's the biggest key is having that awareness and really being able to let it go. Um, and knowing that what's on the, be- uh, on the other side of it is 10 times better than what you're going through right now. So a lot of times people are fearful of letting go of whatever it is that they're holding on to because they 
don't know, you know, they're hoping that whatever's on the other side is better. But I mean, from my own experience, it's 10 times better. Like the more that you operate in alignment with your authentic self, with who you truly are, the more you're able to show up without having a mask and having to pretend that you are someone that you're not, that you like things that you don't, that you enjoy people that you don't, you know, the more you're able to just show up with such ease and authenticity, it makes your life better. It makes the relationships around you better, your environment better, and you will start attracting more of the same. So it's, I mean, all in all, it's, it's a challenging process, but it's so worth it. And it's so beautiful to see what is on the other side waiting for you. How can you spot someone who is living authentically? I think you can, I mean, for me, I can just, I just, you can kind of just feel it and see it um, energetically. And it it's not to say that, for instance, someone who's you know, looks unhappy versus happy is living aligned versus not living aligned. Um, because everyone's always going through things. And a lot of times when you're going through this, this deep work, um, it's, it's a lot, it's heavy, it's, it's challenging and, and you push through. But for instance, if say there's, I mean, I've witnessed this in people, I've witnessed it in myself, people who I know who I've seen them before they've done any type of inward healing journey or worked with a coach, how they were, um, or how they showed up prior and then how they show up after you almost just see as as the different layers unfold. And this is just completely from an outside view. They just seem energetically lighter, I guess is the only way that I can kind of explain it. Or they seem, you know, maybe more calm and confident and, just the way that they show up, you can tell that they're more excited about themselves, what what they're doing, just how they speak about things. So for instance, if I'm talking to someone um, who's trying to, to be in more alignment um, with their career, for instance, I, I had a, a discovery call with a woman the other day, and I could even tell it just from the intake form that she that she create that she uh, filled out for me, and, and we discussed it over the phone. It was like when she was talking about where she was at with her current career, you know, it was kind of neutral, kind of not negative, but just like you could tell she she wasn't she wants to make a change. And then when she started talking about her future, I mean, you could it was so crazy. You could read like I could pick it up from her writing, and then even seeing it on her face and the way that she was talking about things she's going in a more direction of this is what really lights her up. And as a, as a coach, you're very, it's very easy for you to see this and and identify and then play it back to our clients. Cause a lot of times they don't, they don't realize where their excitement and where they get lit up because they're just kind of in the weeds of it. So being able to show someone, Hey, when you were talking about your current job, um, I know you said you're, you're saying that you want to stay, for instance, but when we talk about doing this other job, you are much more lit up, much more excited. So I'm curious, like what, what's going on there for you? Like, what is, what is that about? Can you tell me about it? And they even start kind of self-actualizing, self-realizing. Yeah. You know, you're right. Like I, I do, I, I actually don't really like this job that much. And I am much more excited about that. It's just a matter of them realizing, because sometimes people think, yeah, that's, 
I do, I am more excited about that, but it's just not possible. So I, you know, I try not to think about it or, or whatever that is. So making sure that they, they understand, um, you know, follow your, follow your passions, follow what, what lights you up. A lot of times people will think like, it's not feasible. Like it, it is feasible. It's just a matter of trying to figure out how to get there. As a person is walking through this change that they, they may have decided to make, or they may have come to, how do they maintain that sense of calm and peace as they're going through that process? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to seeing how far they've come because when we're able to note the changes, um, like I was saying earlier, sometimes when we're going through it, it's hard to see if, you know, if we've had any traction, what's changed because we're so focused on the goal or like the things that are coming up for us. But I think what continues to be a motivating factor is how good people feel as a result of it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, every session you, you know, you come out feeling lighter. Um, it's just throughout the process of how are you changing? How are you showing up differently? What actions are you taking that you would have never taken before? I had a woman that I spoke with recently who we weren't even on a coaching call. We were just kind of chatting and connecting. And she was just saying, you know, gosh, in, in this time that we've had together, I feel so much lighter. I feel like I've come up with all of these insights um, that I've, you know, pulled out of myself. Um, and people are much more likely to take action on what they've come up with, as opposed to someone telling them, hey, do X, Y, and Z. Because, you know, I might tell you kind of like we were discussing earlier, I might say, hey, this is my gym routine you know, this works for me or people, for instance, ask me all the time, like, what is your gym routine? And I'll say, you know, I get up early in the morning at like, you know, 530 or something and already. They're like, okay, yeah, I guess like already they've, they've count discounted themselves and they're like, oh, well, you know, I guess if I have to wake up at 530 in the morning, then I, I just can't, I can't follow your routine, but it's not, it's not about that. You know, that's what works for me, but other people like, so make it your own. So do maybe some of the same things if that works for you, but just at 6 p.m. If that's, you know, what jives better with your your body, with your schedule. Um, yeah, it's it's just all about that, that customization and and people coming up with their with their own game plan because only you know what you know you're willing to do, what steps you're able to take, and then being able to look back and celebrate each one of those little actions that you took in order to get closer to where you want to be. Hmm. Yeah. That awareness and the peace that you had brought in, just looking back, we talked about this a few times now, a year in review, or let's step back for a moment and see where we've come versus where we still want to go. What have we, what have we changed that we never would have done before? Where have we gone or come through that we never thought we might make it through. It's so important to, to have that moment of let's pause and really appreciate and have some gratitude for what we were capable of achieving so far. And I think in, in that line, I'm thinking personally from a, like a business standpoint, if someone's looking at you, at your business, at the success that you're achieving, what are they not seeing? 
like what difficulties or obstacles or things have you personally come through with C-Rock coaching with your business that have provided valuable lessons for you? Yeah, um, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, to be honest, heavy on the tears. Um, I mean, I, I think it's really just going through the process for myself, you know, the, the things that I take, you know, the exercises I take my clients through, the things that we talk about, this is all, you know, high level stuff that I've done on myself, stuff that I've, you know, experienced, it's worked, a, you know, a certain way for me, it's obviously very different for each individual. Um, but just like my clients are doing the work, I'm constantly doing the work on myself as well. And reading about other, you know, tools and techniques and what's been helpful to other people. Um, I'll personally lean heavily on what's worked for me, just because that way, if, if my client has any obstacles along the way, I can help them navigate based on my own experience. So for instance, if the way that we're talking about it doesn't resonate with them, maybe I had that same experience. So I can tell them, okay, when you're doing the meditation, if it if you're too antsy laying down, then go for a walk, you know, do it, just approach it differently. So I love that. But I think the biggest thing is just knowing I'm not above you in this work. Like we're, we're equals, we're partners in it. I'm constantly doing work and I, I don't need to be, you know, the, the all knowing being, because I'm always learning things about myself, but I would never know everything about you. I only know, you know, what you're bringing to the table and what you're talking about, because people share, people self filter, right? So I might ask you a question and maybe you're a very direct person. So you just tell me exactly what you think needs to be said, or even what I need to hear. So it's really important to, to put it back on the client and for them to understand, to make this whole process their own and take what works and leave the rest in order for them to see their their own results. Yeah, that's why I think it's so, so crucial to interview coaches and find a coach who has done the work that you're embarking on. If you're looking to make a big career transition, find someone like yourself who has done that work and who has come through it. Because even though in coaching, we really don't talk about ourselves there is just a level of being able to hold space for someone who's going through something we've experienced. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's interesting because I've done the same thing, like just as a personal example, like if I was to look at therapists, for instance, or, or people that I'm working with, um, I always filtered by people who were immigrant or children of immigrant parents, because it's not like, to your point, they're not sharing their experiences but they know just intuitively based on their own experience, how to ask questions differently. And it's not to say like, you know, if I'm doing a life coaching session with someone, I don't need to be, nobody is an expert on life. You know what I mean? People don't have to have gone through the same thing in order to ask you really deep questions. It's just a matter of, of, for sure, having done the work, that's the biggest thing and, and continue, continuing to want to learn and continuing to do the work because there are some people who maybe get certified and, and do a little work initially and then they're, you know, they're done, but you're, you're never done with doing the work. You're never, you know, even if you're a veteran and you're, you're teaching all these courses, there's things for people to learn. And the really interesting thing is your clients will come in 
And a lot of times they'll challenge you. They'll bring up, you may be in, in a session and they'll, they'll bring up maybe a, an opinion or a, a belief that you don't believe in personally. And so that's also something that you need to actively work on as well. Like if you're triggered as a coach in a session, if I'm ever triggered of, of anything someone said or someone did, I put a mirror on myself and, and say, okay, what is it about this situation, this person, whatever it is, um, that's triggering me. And then I do work on that because that's important because it's not just about this person or the situation. It's showing me a shadow part of myself or an area that I still need to work on. And maybe I've worked on this for years, but as we continue to work on something, say someone has a limiting belief, um, or a fear of being seen or whatever it is, you will, if, if it's a very deep seated belief, um, it's going to take time to work on it. And you might think, oh, I, I thought we worked on this. And then it shows up again and you just say, okay, I guess there's more work to be done. Or maybe we have to look at it. You know, maybe I, I was working on judgment in my personal life and I thought, you know, I was in a good place with that. And then something came up in career and I realized, oh, okay, we're still, we're still doing the thing. So now there is, you know, this is present, but it's presented differently because I've worked on it, you know? So it's always a learning process. And that's really the most important thing. Someone who's constantly doing the work, willing to learn and and really just shining the light on themselves, because I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care how much money, you know, money you're making success none of that. Everyone always has stuff to do, stuff to work on. You know, no one is ever, you know, fully cleansed of, of all of this healing journey. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a truth. Um, just for my own personal curiosity, why C-Rock coaching? So my family is Lebanese and I wanted my brand. Um, I, my background is in, in marketing, um, so it's really important to me that my, you know, vision and everything really just reminded me of, of back home and, and my family and kind of how I got started. So there is a, uh, I have a, the background picture on my, on my phone, um, is mm. this big landmark in, in Lebanon. Um, and so like the colors and everything that I've incorporated in my logo and in my messaging, all kind of um, builds off of that and the kind of pillars of my my business, um, discover your purpose, navigate change and find fulfillment. It's all kind of the same vibe, like being in the beach and the water, like the the three types of people that I work with are, are kind of in that same, that same vein, the way that I speak of them, like the people who are playing in the sand, like making kind of relatively smaller changes, the people who are out to sea, making, you know, a truly large transition. And then the people on an Island, um, it all just plays into each other really nicely. And it's just one of those things where every time I, I think about it, it just, it reminds me of my why and, and why I'm here and why I do the work that I do. So it's, it's nice to have that reminder in, in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. We can talk more about why that is such a big piece for me, but I'm the same way. I have this thing like, I used to have a business prior to this. It was called Sea Star Boutique, um, the Sea Star Sailing. Um, I have an anchor tattoo on my foot. It's just water imagery. And yeah. I'm a Scorpio Cancer Cancer. So like water all over the place, just, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. That resonated. 
Okay, so we get to a point in each of my interviews where I give you five totally random rapid fire questions and you just respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So the first one is, what is the best season? Summer. What's an image that holds deep meaning for you? Uh, the sea, like the be- a beachy scene. How do you recognize success? I feel like you just feel it. You just feel, I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like, like you feel it. You feel like you're, you're doing good work. You feel that sense of accomplishment. For me, it's, it's fulfillment. I think actually is, is really the, the ultimate feeling in one word. <laughs> what has been the brightest spot in your life so far? The brightest spot. I would say when I kind of started on this journey, I think the, I like making this, this transition myself um, because it was a whole process. And I think it started for me. Um, I did a solo trip to South America, uh, to Ecuador. And I think from that moment, um, I think I was already kind of thinking of, of doing, doing the coaching. Um, and then I, I started training shortly after, but to me, I think doing that solo, my first solo trip, this was during COVID, um, was a very pivotal moment. It was really my intention. My, the first time that I truly, went somewhere, isolated myself with the intention of really going deep and going inward. And from that, I mean, you know, now I'm, I'm where I'm at now. I left corporate. I started my own company. I've had all of these really great milestones, personal and professional milestones for myself. So it, I think that moment of going inward and really silencing everything and seeing what do I truly want to do to be fulfilled, um, was, I would say my, my brightest for sure. What geographic location connects most deeply with you? Um, probably home in Lebanon. And then also, I mean, like Ecuador, probably just since that's where it started, but like South America, maybe very spiritual. So I definitely will be going back there soon. Mm. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So they can head over to my website. I actually have a freebie that they can download. Um, it's a, a workbook to kind of get some, some clarity on, on what they want to do in the direction and next steps they'd like to take. Um, my website is crockcoaching.com, S-E-A-R-O-C-K coaching. Um, and if they want to download that freebie, it's crockcoaching.com slash freebie. And then um, I'm on all the social media um, outlets. I'm most active on Instagram. Um, they're all the same C rock coaching. Um, and then feel free to also connect with me on LinkedIn or anywhere else. Awesome. And all of those links will go in the show notes. Thank you again for sharing your time with us today. Yeah, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you.